Hello, hello, hello. This is Chris and Eric's Songbox Adventure. I am Eric. Unfortunately, uh, with a scheduling issue, Chris is not going to be able to be here tonight. But with me, I do still have a special guest. My special co-host for tonight um, is going to be Demond from the uh, Demond Does the Six Questions podcast. Hello. How is everyone? How are you, Eric? <laughs> Good. Thank you. Um you doing good, even with everything sounds sort of hectic from what we were saying before, everything going okay otherwise? Uh, yes, I am a father of two, husband of one, and uh, they're all uh, they're all high energy, and it's kind of late here. So the kids start, uh, when they start to wind down, they start to turn up. So it's just, yeah. I mean, it's just, part, it's just part of it. It's just part of it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you still taking the time to talk with me and be on the show. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I, I love talking about Milestone Comics, so this, this will be great. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, speaking of Milestone, we can go ahead and uh jump right into it. Today, we're going to be discussing the first two issues of the series Static from the original Milestone comics back from the 90s um when we talked about getting you on the show i basically gave you free reign to just like pick whatever comic you would like to talk about and you went with static so i was curious as to uh why you made this specific choice if it's like a character that's particularly nostalgic for you or yeah i guess just the first question is why static uh when i was big at my high my comic peak, I guess, uh, my peak interest in comics in for the most part is punctuated by like the early to the late 90s when I was in high school. You can do the math and figure out how old I am. And um, Milestone came out at the perfect time for me because I was I, I felt like that nerdy high school kid, you know, and I just and I didn't really relate to Spider-Man. I, I didn't really dig, dig Spider-Man until the movies, to, to be fair. And but I knew who he was, obviously, cartoons. I'd watch the cartoons, stuff like that. But as far as the comics, I'm like, eh. but uh, Static hit that sweet spot because I was that nerdy kid who had an eclectic group of friends and um, just felt uh, felt like a. a I, yeah, I, I felt like that. It was a, it was a, uh, the comic, whole comic line uh, really spoke to me, but this one spoke to me the most because I was close to that age. I was 19. I think that, uh, Virgil is 14 or 15, but you know, it was on that same era. So it was just the sweet spot. It was the perfect time. It was the perfect comic and the perfect time for me. Okay. That all makes sense. Yeah. As I was reading these issues, I kind of wondered if that might be the case. Um, my milestone reading history is a bit limited. It's more or less been down to just like what issues happen to come into the used bookstore where I work at. So like I've read like a little bit across the line of like a little bit of hardware, a little bit of icon, but static I hadn't really read as much of before. Um, I knew like vaguely of the character from like static shock, you know, from the cartoon. Um, and as I was reading mm -hmm. it, 
yeah, I definitely noticed the whole like high school aspect. It's very much about like this young character in school and his relationship with his friends and like the girl that he has a crush on. And as I read it, I did wonder if it was like a matter of like it hitting like right at that time and being sort of like relating to the character, which it sounds like it was. Yeah, um, it was uh, honestly it the milestone line i may keep going back to this because i don't know if i'll get a chance to come back um <laughs> but the, the the whole milestone line really hit me at the perfect time and i learned uh honestly it really how do i put this it affected my politics and in my my thinking uh as i as i got older i it was the first time that i had been introduced to like uh introduced to even uh, black gay people, you know, um, that uh, was the first time one of the uh, I don't know if you have you ever read the Blood Syndicate? Um, not really. Only like a couple of stray issues. I'm not especially familiar with it. Well, they're a superpowered gang. They're based, you know, they're they're the X-Men. They're they're more they're a different version of the X-Men kind of same dramas around the same age group, you know, a team book. But they're a gang and one of their characters one of the characters is uh, is outed as trans later in the series. Like I didn't know anything about that, and it was just I learned about. Um, I grew up. I, I grew up and now and now moved back to uh, Southern Indiana, Louisville, uh, right across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. So it's not as diverse around here. So this is one. This is one of those uh, first um, exposures to me of different sexualities and different. Um, you know, even di and different races and just uh, just different cultures. That's what I was looking for. And um, I don't know. They just re it was just the perfect time for me. Like it informed me so much that, uh, you know, all my uh, for years, all my, you know, uh, not my passwords, my uh, logins had a static theme or something. I, I was a professional wrestler briefly uh, a long time ago. And my very first name was Static D. I used uh, you got you want to shock the system as a catchphrase, for, you know, from the cartoon, like all that stuff. And as a matter of fact, the reason I even got that nickname was because when the first issue came out, a couple of my friends was like, hey, dude. And they pointed to was like, did you pose for this? And yeah, if if you've seen the if you've seen the cover if you've seen the cover uh, that's kind of what I look like at that age. It was it was really weird. And what's funny is I always thought they were just being silly, but I had a roommate in college. I was I had a stack of comic books and that was sitting on top. I had a roommate in college ask me about it, and I've had people ask me as an adult about it. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I actually got a letter printed from the uh, I sent a letter. Back in back in the nineties, you could send uh, you didn't send emails. You actually sent letters, like you'd write on paper with paper and pen, and you would you would uh, put it in an envelope and stamp it, and you would mail it to whoever you wanted to send said letter to. That was called a letter, and I wrote one of those for uh, for I forgot what issue it was, but uh, I wrote them about you know my love for the show, my love for the uh, comics and. Uh, whatever the issue, whatever the deal with the issue was, and they printed it. Well, so I'm actually, so my name is actually printed. So my letter is printed in, I, I want to say it's static 26. So that was pretty cool too. <laughs> Hell yeah. To everything you just said, there was so much great stuff. 
between I had no idea about the professional wrestling thing, first of all, and hell yeah to the letter thing too. Um, I'd love to try and track that issue down of whichever one it was and check it out. That's awesome. I'm pretty sure it's 26. It's part of the uh, long, long hot summer. Um, they did a they did a uh, crossover that went across all the books. It was called one of the second one was called long. I think it was the second one, uh, long hot summer. And that included, you know, all the books. And it was actually, it was interesting because it was about uh, them building a, uh, uh, a, a theme park in Dakota and how that affected people and like economically and, you know, it just all and all the politics that went around it. It, it, it became just a, a, a wild scene. As one, as as one, as those things happen uh, to do in comic books. Yeah, um, what you said about it being like sort of helping, like a political awakening too, I think really makes a lot of sense. Like, there's just so much going on in these books, and you know, this, like you said, sort of applies to like the whole line and not just static, but even in the relatively limited amount of milestone I have read, I've largely just been like very impressed by the type of subject matter it gets into and like specifically like how well it handles it. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with the specific trans character in um Blood Syndicate that you mentioned, but I did already know about like one of Static's friends being gay, mm-hmm. but I didn't remember like, how early the plot point sort of comes up because like rereading number one for the podcast like there's a scene where Virgil is like hanging out in the hallway talking to his friends uh, before class and then we have just some little douchebags like picking on I think his name is Rick Mm -hmm. one of his friends and like doing the whole like he like does um ballet he does ballet and so we get this other kid like talking to him in a lisp and i forgot just like that boom right from the get-go this sort of thing was there and it's very cool well i don't know maybe that's a weird way of putting it you know obviously him getting hate crime is not cool but you know like i love that the comic goes there And, like, even in just, like, the rest of these issues that we talk about, you know, we get, like, uh, Virgil gets beat up by another student. We get just, like, a lot of conflict of just, like, the violence, not just inherent to, like, the superhero fights, but just, like, getting bullied, feeling like, oh, I have to stand up for myself. And we get like this scene where another one of his friends gives him a gun to try and get back at the man who uh, beat him up in the hallway at school. And so we get like this sequence of Virgil like holding the gun up and sort of like talking to himself for a minute before just like putting it down and being like, I'm not a and just being like, I'm not a killer. And he, like, can't go through with it. And, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of really nicely written heavy stuff just right out the gate. 
Yeah, um, they uh, there was some, there's a couple things that uh, that I wanted to comment on. Um, one was uh, Richie. Richie becomes gear in the comics, but unfortunately, they uh, they don't. I don't think he really dates. Actually, I don't remember him dating much. So he he may have been coded gay, but he was never out. Um, oh, I know what it was. Some like the you we were talking about the progressive politics in uh, in Static and the rest of the rest of the comics. Keep in mind, like it's it, what what gets me is this was in ninety two or ninety three that these came out. So it wasn't like this was top it uh top of mind. Nobody was talking about uh gay, you know, the legalities of gay marriage and all that stuff. You know, I you know, obviously, you know, they didn't talk about trans and you know in the in the mainstream. And I was learning about all these subjects through these books and in and this was what, oh my God, was that 30 years ago, really? Yeah, this was 30 years ago. Matter of fact, Milestone had that, it is 30 years ago, because Milestone had a, a released a 30-year anniversary book just recently that I have to get my hands on. <laughs> yeah, like you said, it just, the fact that it tackles what it does, frankly, like, so much of it would be impressive today, but, you know, like, it was 30 years ago, and... I'm just like doing like some quick like Googling on my phone and it's just like, oh, this was like roughly around the same time as like North Star coming out. But like mm, okay. he was a super minor character, you know, like the Young Avengers weren't around yet, like Mystique and a bunch of other like coded characters like that weren't allowed to be out, you know, like you had to whatever degrees across companies of like gay characters frequently literally not being allowed to be explicitly depicted or like very barely and not usually having like a lot of romance on panel. So it really stands out uh, in terms of like its context time wise. Yeah. It's, it's uh good. <sighs> love, love. I could, we could, I could do this all day. I could do this all day. Um, some one thing that I've really, uh, as far as I'm, I'm taking it to us to the superhero, uh, back to the actual superhero aspects of it. Uh, actually, let me get to the bowling first. Um, I did find I liked that, uh, Virgil's reaction to seeing Hot Streak and knowing who he was, and and it like grabbed him for a minute. Like that's a um, that's a real. That, that was a reaction that felt real. And how often do you see a superhero get beat down like that in his first, you know, in his, in, one, in his first appearance, you know what I mean? And then he comes back. Not only does he beat him because he's, you know, because he's, he's, he's good with his hands. Um, he, he figures out how Hot Streak's powers work and uses that against him. It just shows you uh, like they really didn't, they showed you how smart he was. And then I think it's the next uh, issue, issue number three. He puts out a fire with electrical powers, which it take, it'll take you a minute to, you know, take you a minute to figure it out. But like he, they use chemistry and it just, um, just ah, love these books. Love them, love them, love them. <laughs> I don't get to talk about it enough. Yeah, like seeing the fight in the first issue is really affecting where he's like struggling with fighting, I guess you could say, you know, like he 
really gets beat down by hot streak and it's like the conflict between the two of them is so different from what you might see in a different superhero book because of like them knowing each other and it being the sort of we are literal high schoolers dynamic of it you know Mm -hmm. we're like at the end of the day Virgil has to change out of his costume and return home to like his parents and his sister and his friends and you know is supposedly just a normal kid and he has to balance all these things and yeah um ditto to what you said about like it's nice how in the way that they resolve the fight in the second issue sort of gives an opportunity to show off like a Virgil's sense of strategy and just how smart he is and we haven't really talked much yet specifically about the art but I do want to at least mention John Paul Leon's artwork um we also have a uh, Noel Giddings is credited as the colorist and just like the art in these is really nice just like the sense of motion to the action I like John Paul Leon a lot in general across pretty much everything I've read by him but just like the way that he renders like statics electricity powers especially it's just like really great motion on the page it's exciting to look at the coloration is really nice and we get like a bunch of shots of these like really lovely like pinks in the backgrounds like contrasting against like the whites and the blues of the electricity itself and it's all just like really well composed and I feel like the art does a really good job of like heightening how successful it all is and I guess uh, while we're talking about creators too I'll go ahead and just do a quick mention as well there's a Dwayne McDuffie and Robert Washington the third are our writers and we have Steve Mitchell on inks and letterer Steve Haney, Heine, Hain. And all in all, everyone does great. Um, we talked briefly when I was on your podcast before about just, you know, Dwayne McDuffie being awesome. And I think basically the entire creative team does a really good job on these. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne wrote, I'm trying to think how many of the first original of the original four titles he wrote. I want to say he wrote at least three or four of them. He may have written. I don't think he wrote all of them. I don't let me look it up real quick, but he, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was, I was it uh, honestly, uh, the, the art took me a little bit because it was so different than the, um, than the other three. And I was a Jim Lee fan, so it was uh, like more of that type of style is what uh, attracted my eyes. So this was a little more stylish and different. And and that, and back then I was like, you know, people were like, ah, the art's not that good. So I'm like, I didn't, and I didn't care because I enjoyed the reading so much. But now looking on it now, I was like, I don't know why I was sleeping on this. This is really, this is really good stuff. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just my sensibilities have changed. I don't know. But yeah, the uh, your, the uh, the motion and how he draws his powers is just freaking awesome. Um, I am not going to find it. Was there any? Uh, and what what uh, what else did you like about it? What else? What 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 are your other thoughts about it? Um, I like 
how I suppose I like sort of what these couple issues do structurally, where like issue number one manages to introduce us to Virgil, like both as his out of costume self and as static and like introduce us to his home life. We meet so many like supporting cast members so quickly between um the girl that he has a crush on, but they're just friends, at least for now. We meet his mom. We meet his little sister. It's like this opening really sells that like this is a high school student who has like a full social life and like, you know, just has all this going on beyond just when he's in the costume. And then in issue two, we get to the backstory of like how he got his powers. And I think I appreciate the fact that they like wait until the second issue to really get into that as opposed to trying to start off immediately with it. Like say the way that like Spider-Man's first appearance, you know, we get how he gets the powers, you know, like a bunch of characters first appearances or like that. But this sort of like takes an issue just to introduce us to the character and like his personality and his world before we jump into the origin, because I think it sort of does the important work of giving a sense of just like who this character is and why we should be like invested in him and sort of like where he feels like he belongs or maybe doesn't feel entirely like he belongs before we really jump into all the sort of like background story aspect of it. Yeah, there is, they make, um, to, to, to piggyback on your point, they make Virgil just as important as static. You know what I mean? Like I've just, just kind of like to reiterate what you said by introducing all of his friends and the fact that he has a home life and, um, here is something that really tickled me and I completely forgot about this because in the cartoon uh, it's different, but uh, Virgil lives at home with both parents. Both of his parents are still married. And that, and I don't, I don't, I, that doesn't seem to happen very often in comics. And it was nice to see that he's being raised by, you know, he's being raised by a mom and a dad. His dad shows up, uh, shows up in later issues, but um, you know, he lives with both parents and, uh, and, you know, he has his, typical uh, typical relationship with his sister and you know he and uh he and frida don't i don't think they they eventually get married but i don't think they, they ever dated in the comics um they actually uh later in later in the series uh virgil loses if i'm not mistaken virgil loses his virginity and they talk about that in in, in the book um and but then you got you got uh uh Rick, and then you've got Larry, who is the guy who uh, got, you know, we were talking about earlier, who uh, gave gave Virgil the gun to go participate at the Big Bang. And a little bit later, you find out uh, Larry, they, they, they sprinkled this. I knew what to look for because I had read, you know, I read, read these quite a few times. Um, I knew what to look for, but um, Larry winds up being the guy that Frida's dating. And uh, Larry also uh, was, yeah, Larry was the one who bought him the gun. So like they have, they have a weird dynamic and it, it, inter- it, it ends in an interesting way too. Um, but, uh, da, 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 da. I think that's, uh, I think that's, a, that was about 
shit that I can think of at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I pretty much agree with like um, everything you've said about the parts I have read and the parts I haven't read, you know, everything you have said about it, like just like makes me even more interested to uh, read more through these uh, past beyond even just the couple ones for today. Um, the fact that it just accomplishes so much in character building and just two issues is so impressive because like you know like his friends Frida the mom the sister hot streak the fact that it packs all of this and the origin story into two issues and it like never feels too rushed you know like the pacing is great it just feels really masterfully crafted. So thank you for picking such a good book to talk about. Well, thank you for wanting to talk to me about it. Um, how did you, did, uh, I don't think I've asked you this. How did you discover Milestone? So I first started reading any Milestone stuff a couple years ago when they sort of launched their, I don't remember what they called it, if they called it like, rebirth of milestone or how the like marketing term for it was but a couple years ago when they uh brought the characters back and launched like all the new series of like static season one hardware season one uh icon and rocket i more or less started with those like newer revamps of the characters and i liked what i read and from there I started like keeping an eye out for uh, when comics came in. I work at a used goods store, so we get in comics. And it's just, you know, like luck of the draw, just what do people happen to bring in? But once I had read the newer stuff, I started keeping an eye out for whenever older issues of Milestone Comics happened to come in. And so I've read sort of like a random assortment of older ones through those. Um more icon and hardware than any of the other ones i really like hardware a lot he's probably my favorite one but yeah i've pretty much enjoyed more or less all of it that i've read um they did um you said you haven't read any blood syndicate um if you if the uh there is a uh i don't know what they call the box sets or whatever there's a collection of uh of comics of static comics um i think it's like collects one through four it's called a rebirth of the cool if you have uh, i think that's widely available still um they introduce a character named holocaust yes he and he knows how offensive his name is um he's one of the few villains that made it made the jump when milestone when dc absorbed the milestone universe like on paper um like business paper uh, he uh, he was one of the uh, first characters other than Static to get make the jump across because he was such a compelling villain. And during the original Milestone run, he actually was, was he the first one? Yeah, I think he was the first character who got his own like four issue miniseries outside of main continuity, which I had never seen before at the time. It would be the it would be the equivalent of Magneto getting uh, getting a four, getting a uh, miniseries uh, not too long after his his debut in the X-Men. That's the best thing I can compare it to. And it was really compelling too. 
That's cool. But they, yeah, they did all kinds of interesting. They just, they, they did what was experiment to me experimental. They just did different. They had different ways of telling stories. They even had a, I, I don't, I wish I remember the details of this, but they had a different way of printing paper. Um, like it was a different coloring process or whatever, but evidently it was expensive. It was one of the reasons they closed, I think. So, but yeah. Um, looks like, is there any other, any other things I can suggest to you? I don't think so. All right. Oh, well, I got a question for you. When can I come back and we can talk about hardware or icon or, <laughs> or blood syndicate? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd be happy to have you back on if you'd like to come back on. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, off air, we can just like email, again, to try and figure out like enough for time that works, we can, we'll try and get a time when Chris can come on next yes. time if we can, that way all three of us can be there. Um, ideally, but yeah, oh, I guess a uh, question back to you. Have you read any of the uh, newer series from these last couple of years or just like the original 90s stuff? I have, re I am caught up to... I've at least read, I read the first, uh, I have to go back and reread it though. Um, I read, I read static, I read hardware. I read most of icon and rocket and, um, I read the first couple of issues of blood syndicate. So I'm a little behind, but I've read a lot of it. Okay. It sounds like we've probably I, read more or less about the same amount. I'm a little bit behind as well. I like, I like the modernization and I like what they did. It was just, it was, uh, I, there, there's that there is that part of me that's like well this is not you know like like everybody that's not the this is not the state that i grew up with but if if it uh turns into something if if this version of static turns into something like the original turn did for me i'm good for it <laughs> you know what i mean totally yeah yeah um but yeah i've read yeah i've read most of them and yeah, yeah, I've liked I've liked the different takes, and um, I just I just wish somebody would buy uh would buy uh the license from DC or something so we can get some get a movie or two. They are sitting on a gold mine, a gold mine, not gold mine. <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm aware of, I don't think we've gotten anything like after the Static Shock TV show, like. I'm not aware of any other cartoons or movies or anything. And that was like 20 years ago. So it's due for some new attention. There were rumors uh, a couple years ago that Michael B. Jordan was at uh, attached to a, a static. Um, they call it static shock, uh, a static shock project. Not that he was going to play Virgil, but that he was like produce going to produce or something like that. But I haven't heard anything about it since they start then since before they started with uh, James Gunn getting hired and all that stuff. Okay. Hopefully would love if something like that ended up panning out and we actually got to see whether it's like a static movie or if it was like a different milestone property, like, you know, just all the stuff we've gotten. If we can get a fucking blue beetle movie, then you know, we should be able to get something milestone would be nice. Yeah, the fact that we're getting a Blue Beetle movie kind of gives me hope, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think because it's they, probably a good sign since it shows that, like, okay, we're willing to try just about anything if we're doing that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, 
and I hope it's good. I want it to be good. <laughs> I don't know anything about Blue Beetle other than what I saw from Young Justice seasons one and two. He's cool, but so we'll see. I like the actor playing him though. I really liked him in uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, I guess before we wrap up, can you think of any last thoughts or is there anything else you wanted to hit on before we sign out for the night? I don't think so. Uh, it was just nice to, uh, it was, it, it was nice that something I cherished as a young adult and now into my adulthood and now into fatherhood, um, something I cherished has aged so well. Like it, I'm, I'm sure it's not perfect. And if I go back through some stuff, I'll probably see some things. Um, oh, there is something uh, uh, else. Uh, also, uh, this is kind of random. Um, talking about Richie being gay again. Uh, when Richie comes out to uh, Rick, they call him Rick, I think, Rick Stone. That when he comes out to Virgil, Virgil doesn't handle it well. And it's one, it's, uh, and I remember that being like, my, uh, and uh, that, and it was, and I thought that was really cool. I thought it was cool that he didn't handle it well because not everybody does. But of course, he comes back around, and you know he understands it's his friend. He like you know gets his head out of his ass, and um, you know they they remain buddies and stuff. But it's but I thought it was cool that um, you know he was he wasn't an infallible. You know a lot of uh, comics would go you know have the hero you know so of course it's okay and da, 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 like he had questions and he didn't you know didn't understand and which is a more realistic and nuanced take on it and you know, comes around and he's, and he's like, that's my boy. <laughs> it was like, doesn't matter. You know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? And it was, it was, it was, I was, I, I love the fact that he was, he was fallible as well. He's still a teenager, but um, I hope, you know, I hope, uh, I, yeah, like I said, or like I said earlier, I hope the new series is a, is something that, you know, a 16, 17, 18 year old will see, or, you know, find on the internet and it resonate with them the way the old ones resonate with me because it's it's a series it's a uh, characters in a universe that more people should know about. So yeah, I completely agree with uh, what you said about just like how they handled the uh, coming out plot line. Like a lot of my favorite sort of stories about gay characters are ones where they actually have to deal with things like that. You know, like I feel like there's lately like a fair amount of comics and other stuff where it's sort of like oh people don't really have to deal with a lot of pushback and like you know like there's room for that and like I get the value of sort of like wish fulfillment or like feel good sort of things but things like this where there's like actual conflict and when characters have to like think their way through, you know, like what they think and why they feel the way they do, like it feels like a lot more real to me. So right. I really like that. And I also agree that just like these comics hold up, you know, like um, I suppose like I'm saying that as someone who didn't read them like when they came out, but, you know, like as a new reader, looking back on this like decades old material, like I think it's good, you know, like at least the issues we read today and largely like what I've read of milestone, like it doesn't feel 
dated in a bad way. Yeah, like we've been gushing about it for the last half hour. I think it's all very impressive and I'm glad to have read it and had you on to talk about it. Well, I thank thank you for having me and uh giving me a chance to gush. Of course, yeah, and um I'll be glad to have you on again in the future as well if you're interested. We can talk about Icon or hardware or we'll figure out what specifically, but we can do this again. Absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you all for listening, listeners. Please give Demond's podcast a listen. Uh, Demond does the six questions. Every week talks with a different guest just about their lives, interests, all sorts of stuff. It's a nice listen. Um, so make sure to give that some attention. And yeah, thanks for listening and bye. Oh, 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 oh.